0: My name is Frank. Today we're hitting the second part of the series about uh, temptation. I want to um, encourage us all as we pray to set our hearts to listen, to challenge our behavior, and aim to have a significant impact in honoring God. Lord God, we want to thank you for a day to turn our, turn our eyes to you, to, to rest, to, to read your scriptures. And... Um, to find wisdom, I want to ask that you would humble hearts, that we would be all willing to to see what you have to tell us, and trust that in all of that, we are worthy, we are worthy through Christ, and we can come to the throne of grace and feel confident that we are loved by you, in Jesus' name. So our scripture this morning is um, verse 5 to 7, so it's, it's pretty, pretty short. Um, then the devil uh, took him to the holy city, talking about Jesus, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his an- angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, unless you strike your foot against a stone. And the answer that we get from Jesus is, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So in this, we find a a very, very confident answer from Jesus. And through all of these temptations, Jesus is very steady. Um, Just like Graham was bringing up last week, he is confident in his identity. His answer Satan um, showed he didn't even need to argue with him to prove what he knew was true. He didn't doubt his deity. Now, let's be honest here. Have you ever been unsure about your identity, like who you are as a person? Have you ever lacked confidence? I can say I have struggled with mine for a number of years, and not just a small struggle. It's been painful. <laughs> you might not know yet um, that, but uh, I used to be a decently-solid school reject. Like, very decent school reject. I had no confidence. <laughs> um, I didn't have any friends, if any, and the ones I counted as such would take advantage of my lack of confidence to tease or sometimes mock me. Um, people enjoyed confidence, and I had none to display. I recall my first day in high school trying to connect to a single person, not finding the right words to do so. It's a very lonely experience. What happened then is that I gradually let people determine both my value and my identity. I let, I let people shape me. And I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert, that's no good. <laughs> it took me years to learn that I as a person had inherent value. And to help define value, let's just start with a few uh, synonyms. We'll go with worth, importance, usefulness. The value of something can be estimated by how much you're willing to sacrifice in order to gain or to preserve it. Now, I believe everyone has value, as broken as we might be. For the worst of us, I'd like to say that there's hope. (laughs) Value should be a concept that we honor for both others and ourselves. I see a lot of people that are undermining their value and that's not a, that's not a healthy thing. <laughs> it's, it's important to see the value that God is giving us, to see his opinion of us. Um, so if we inherently grant value to others, we should also see ourselves as valuable. Today, if, if we can remember one thing and I wish that people people said that to me when I was when I was younger. You are valuable. Every single one of you is valuable. As we read in First Peter chapter one verses eighteen and nineteen, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold. That you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your essence, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So in the eyes of God the Father, you were worth his only son. Isn't that incredible? That to me is an incredible sacrifice. And as a father today, I cannot imagine losing one of my kids for the benefit of anyone. Like, it's, it's out of the realm of possibilities in my head. It just, it does not exist. There is no room for that. I cannot sacrifice any of my kids for anyone, whatever the situation might be. So let's just be reminded of what a generous God we serve. On the other end, um, identity is a bit trickier to define. Um, it can be described as, say, personality traits, abilities, uh, likes and dislikes, your belief system, your moral code, and the things that motivate you. To some extent, your identity dictates how you behave and the decisions you make. If my identity is in Christ, am I going to be bothered by the things of this world? Well, yes, to some extent, but the more we lean on Him, the more we desire the things that He desires His moral code, His characteristics. So, my high school days were very lonely for the most part, until maybe grade nine, um, when I started to use foul language freely and behave in whichever way made people laugh. <sighs> Often in of my own detriment. People started to find me fun, and I loved the attention they were giving me. It was, it was a new thing. Oh, wow, people can like me. I just have to be rude. That's pretty simple, right? <laughs> So, it wasn't until the summer of 2009 when I went to Word of Life Owen Sound uh, for summer camp that I decided to dictate, uh, dedicate my life to Christ and finally got rid of a lot of bad habits and changed the things that I desired. It's only then that I started to identify with Christianity. And slowly, I learned to set my value on what God viewed me as and not the way people around me did. And that's critical, our, our If we are believers, our identity is in Christ. So, As uh, John the Baptist was saying a few verses back when he baptized Jesus is, um, for he must increase and I must decrease. And I think that in all of our lives, this is something that, that we should do. We should learn to say, I want more of you and less of me. As hard as that may be. So like Jesus, we need to see the bigger picture and have an eternal perspective. We also need to find our identity in Christ and see ourselves in light of how God sees us with value. In order to get a bit of context, um, Jesus was freshly baptized in front of hundreds. God declared about him, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, thus confirming to be the son of God. He was moved by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Fasted for forty days before that, succeeded, and right after this test, Jesus is to choose his uh, disciples and start his ministry. So this is a very key moment to determine where he is set. Um, and the reference that Satan quotes is in um, it's in the book of Psalms. It's Psalm ninety-one. I just want to go through, uh, through it quickly to, to get a little bit of context on that as well. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler Verses are gonna be more, more critical. That's the, the ones that he quoted. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will thread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I'll protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The, um, the three points that I want to go through today um, are going to be... Uh, the first one that we're going to begin with is going to be to be vigilant. Um, first, the, the one thing that I want to, to notice is, was, God, um, was Jesus in a special place for the duration of this temptation? Well, yes, (laughs) Jesus was tempted in the holy city, Jerusalem, much more right on the pinnacle of the temple. Do you guys think he was protected because of the place he was at? No. (laughs) Much like him, Adam was tempted in the holy garden, yet failed. We can't be off our watch. No physical thing can protect us from failing when tempted. Instead, we should lean on the wisdom of God found in his word. And having a position of, authority is not only something that's honorable, it also represents a big responsibility. Indeed, humility is a key concept here. We need to be in worship towards our God and always have our eyes set on him. So just like Satan uh, twists scriptures to make them say what he wants and tempt others with that, we have to be vigilant with our own understanding of the scriptures. Indeed, we read in Acts uh, 17, 10 to 11, as soon as it, went, as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received a message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. <clears throat> it's hard to discern what we're getting from the word, uh, from the world, uh, in terms of um, in terms of information, and it is critical for us to have a good understanding of the word, to have a good understanding of of the character of God, if we want to if we want to be able to deflect the the many things that are sent our way. Um, People, similarly to Satan, will use scriptures to hear what they want from the Word of God. Promises of wealth, happiness, and all sorts of ways of seeing the the body of the church. We have the responsibility of verifying what is being taught. We should listen to the Bible with a discerning ear. God is coherent and steady. And we can feel confidence in who he is. And if anybody is telling us something that seems out of character with him, we shouldn't be quick to believe it. And like the believers of Berea... We should challenge people using the scriptures. The second point that I wanted to bring um, is called stentu. Temptations can be seen as uh, temptation can be seen as a call to battle. Like when you know that you are tempted, that's when you just rise up. You know. I remember when I trained with the military, we would do our night safety runs and sometimes we would make contact with an enemy. The familiar shout that would wake your buddies up from their little sleep they were permitted was stand to, and it means stand to fight. As soon as we heard the call, we'd all jump out of our tents and jump in our tactical vests, grab our weapons and boots, and ready ourselves for our incoming fire. Jesus doesn't even argue with Satan about his deity, or if he doubts that angels would prevent him from getting a lethal injury from such a fall. Jesus doesn't see value in doing the big lending in front of the spiritual elite and a crowd of people who would likely identify him as God. Since this would be a miraculous, um, miraculous thing, and the temple is a place where people come to seek God's presence. Jesus was just declared to be the Son of God in front of hundreds. But for him to drop from the temple and land in, in front of everybody that was in a place that was said to be where the presence of God was would have, to some extent, really identified him as being special, as being um, like connected to God and all. And I think it would have been something that probably was tempting to Jesus because he wanted to get that recognition, but to some extent he had to trust in God to, to do his work, and he wanted to, to submit himself to whatever he had to tell him. So doing something like that fall would be putting God to the test, similarly to Gideon and the due tests he did to ensure God was with him before going in battle. The last, um, the last thing that I want to bring up is uh, trust in your Lord. Jesus, in this difficult time, trusts that God, the Father, will support him. He trusts in him for his safety, for his food, and he is not swayed by riches, which we'll see next week. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And time and time again, our Lord has shown himself to be faithful to answer our needs. I'd like to read through uh, some, Psalm uh, 145. I know it might be a, a lot of reading. Um, please bear with me. I find that there's a lot of value in this, in this uh, short text. It's actually the one that I preached on last, last time that I did. And i like to come back to it to see how steady our God is. It says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the faith, the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of men your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and rises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. Like, see see how God is faithful through this. Like, this is so clear. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his only name forever and ever. Now, <laughs> I don't think that I had a, as much time as I expected to have to prepare this. This has gone very, very quickly. I'll just jump to a conclusion decently soon. In our family, we've had uh, quite a few things that happened recently. So I think that we've been... Um, We've been fighting in our own way to to go through a a frustrating situation where things don't seem to be in control. Things seem to be very much out of hands and it's frustrating. But we wanna trust in God in this situation. We wanna trust in God in a situation where we have multiple people that we know are likely going to die. And even though it is frustrating we trust in the character of God. We trust that he has a greater plan. He has a bigger picture. And we trust in him to reveal that to us in his time. Even though today it's frustrating, even though today it's painful, I think we can trust on him because he has been so faithful through generations and generations. And I think his word, the, the passage that we just read, speaks for itself. I think that we can, we can go back to that text and read it over and over and see how God has been faithful and will remain faithful. So in conclusion, um, we are tempted, tested every day to react um, badly and not to show God the respect that he deserves. I struggle with this. I, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband, coworker, and broaden the faith. But I have to trust in the Lord to uphold me and give me the strength I need in order to surpass the temptations and see him as sufficient to satisfy all of these needs. So as we leave today, as we go through our week, I want to encourage all of us to be vigilant, to be ready to insert the call to battle and to trust in God to uphold us. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the sermon from Renaissance Church. If you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more, please feel free to contact us by email at renaissance.mtl@gmail.com at or reach out to us on social media. It's our passion to love Jesus, love each other, and love our world.